0: The Fifth Day of Creation from Genesis Chapter One God said, Let the waters abound with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of heaven. God created the large sea creatures, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed, after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. Go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Let us pray. O Lord, who has left unto us in a wonderful sacrament a memorial of your passion, grant, we beseech you, that we may so use this sacred mystery of your body and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. You, who live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too little for a lamb, then he and his neighbor next to his house shall take one according to the number of souls. You shall make your count for the lamb according to what everyone can eat. Your lamb shall be without defect, a male, a year old. He shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at evening. They shall take some of the blood, and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel, on the houses in which they shall eat it. They shall eat the meat in that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread, they shall eat it with bitter herbs. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted with fire, with its heads, its legs, and its inner parts. You shall let nothing of it remain until morning, but that which remains of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. This is how you shall eat it: with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt in that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and animal. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood shall be to you for a token on the houses where you are, When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a memorial for you. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. You shall keep it as a feast throughout your generations, by an ordinance, forever. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation, and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now, in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant, and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now, in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. The Epistle is written in the 11th chapter of the 1st Epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the 23rd verse. Brothers, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, as often as you drink, in memory of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, Whoever eats this bread or drinks the Lord's cup in a way unworthy of the Lord, he will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy way eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he doesn't discern the Lord's body. For this cause many among you are weak and sickly, and not a few sleep. For if we discerned ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. But when we are judged, we are admonished by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 13th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his time had come, that he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he came from God, and was going to God, arose from the supper, and laid aside his outer garments. He took a towel, and wrapped a towel around his waist. Then he poured water into the basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Then he came to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, "'Lord, do you wash my feet?' Jesus answered him, You don't know what I am doing now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, Someone who has been bathed only needs to have his feet washed, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. For he knew him who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and sat down again. He said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me Teacher and Lord. You say so correctly, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also love one another." By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. IN SALEM ALSO IS HIS TABERNACLE, AND HIS DWELLING PLACE IN ZION. HE WAS DELIVERED UP TO DEATH, THAT HE MIGHT QUICKEN HIS PEOPLE. HE WAS BROUGHT AS A LAMB TO THE SLAUGHTER. HE WAS OPPRESSED AND HE WAS AFFLICTED, YET HE OPENED NOT HIS MOUTH. HE WAS DELIVERED UP TO DEATH, THAT HE MIGHT QUICKEN HIS PEOPLE. small catechism the lord's prayer the sixth petition what is the sixth petition and lead us not into temptation what does this mean god indeed tempts no one but we pray in this petition that god would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our flesh may not deceive us, nor seduce us into misbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice, and though we be assailed by them, that still we may finally overcome and gain the victory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And lead us not into temptation. What is this temptation we pray against? St. James, in his epistle, the first chapter, he makes clear that God tempts no one to evil, that we shouldn't think or fear that God does this to us. Rather, St. James explains that this temptation that we pray against is when a man is, according to St. James, lured and enticed by his own desire, that is, the desire of the sinful flesh. Then the desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. That is, we pray here against temptation, which shows itself in word and deed, which consumes our lives to the point that we cling to it, drown in it, and fall away from God, rejecting faith and his word for the sin. In other words, We pray against any temptation that leads to apostasy. We pray this as Christ taught us to our Father in heaven with the divine promise that he listens. Yet on that Monday Thursday night, which St. John brings to us tonight in this gospel, it must have felt as if the Father was deaf that the temptation pushed by the ancient foe was just too overpowering, and that falling away seemed inevitable, as if the devil were too powerful. Just look at what happened that night. On this night, Peter and the disciples swore that, for Jesus, they'd go to prison or even die. But where the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, because on this night, the old Adam of their sinful flesh, overpowered them. When our Lord was arrested, it was the old Adam that enticed the disciples to flee and fear for their lives. And after our Lord was arrested, Peter's spirit was willing as he followed Jesus, but his flesh was weak because he followed from a distance. There, in the courtyard, outside where Jesus was being tried, the sin of the old Adam became fully grown, because there Peter denied his Lord not once, not twice, but three times as Peter fell into the temptation of his father Adam. And there with Peter was that old ancient serpent controlling the evil lusts of the old Adam of his sinful flesh. On this night, the world itself came down upon Christ and the disciples. Even throughout our Lord's earthly ministry, the world had been constantly going after them. The words and the deeds of the Jewish leaders attacked them unceasingly. As people kept finding reason then to also reject Jesus and his word. But this Monday, Thursday night the world became too much for the disciples to bear because this is when the Jewish leaders with guards came into the garden with swords and clubs. For the disciples, here was their Lord who had loved them, who showed love and mercy to all about to be put in shackles by the rulers of this world after being pushed and pushed and pushed by the world for over three years throughout Christ's ministry, how could the disciples control themselves any longer at this sight? How could they not be led into anger and rage, hatred and envy, hostility and cursing, when those rulers of the world were so evil and brought so much pain and now came for their Lord? Who can blame Peter for drawing his sword and cutting off the ear of the guard? Who can blame the other disciples for standing right behind Peter, ready to fight in this war in the garden? Well, Jesus blamed them. He stopped them. Even though the world pushed them to the brink. And there, with the eleven, with their swords drawn was the old ancient serpent, controlling one of Christ's own, leading the army of the world against their Lord, and the disciples powerless to stop it. The world seemed that night to be in total control. On this night, the serpent himself was leading the charge. Satan himself entered into Judas, possessing his heart, so that Judas lusted to betray Jesus. Because Judas, when he saw the expensive ointment poured onto Jesus at Bethany, at that moment he was full of greed and anger at the wasted, what he considered to be, the wasted extravagance of that oil. So that with that great greed... Judas gave Satan an opportunity to enter in. With the simple sin of greed, Judas was lured and enticed by his own desire. And that desire of greed conceived in him and gave birth to anger. It gave birth to the sin of him going and betraying our Lord, plotting to hand him over to the chief priests. And this sin being fully grown is what brought Judas to death on a tree. He could not, with his death on that tree, earn any forgiveness for what he had done. That's where sin led him, to death. Satan became manifest in possessing Judas, making one of Christ's twelve one of his own because this is the closest that the serpent can come to becoming man, only by corrupting what God had already created. And there in Judas was the old ancient serpent, having slithered in. And do you see how easy it was for him to slither in? He was able to enter in simply through greed. So fragile was Judas. So fragile is the old adam So fragile are we in our sinful flesh. Now, in this petition, we pray against temptation, which would lead us to fall away, to reject the faith and the word. We pray against apostasy. The disciples also prayed as Jesus taught. They prayed as we always pray, lead us not into temptation. Yet on this Monday, Thursday night, if you were the eleven, you would have thought that the Father was deaf and uncaring, or that the ancient foe was, too, uh, was just too powerful. For on this night, the ancient foe was fighting against Jesus through one of Jesus' own. The ancient foe had called on his army of the world using Jews and Romans to march against Christ with swords and clubs. The ancient foe controlled the flesh of the old Adam so that even the eleven ran away from Jesus. Even the chief of the disciples denied him three times. Is it any wonder then, after denying our Lord, that Peter left the courtyard that night and wept bitterly? Lead us not into temptation. That's what they all prayed. But the temptation this night surrounded the disciples. It suffocated them. It attacked them constantly from all sides while our Lord was brought off in chains. Just look at what happened on Monday, Thursday. And do we not feel like those 11 disciples as our world attacks us even right now? as our flesh seems to give in time and time again, as the devil seems to be leading the charge against the church. We wonder with the disciples, where is the Father's answer to this petition when it feels like Satan is in such control? How are we not to be led into temptation when we are so weak and so fragile against our flesh, the world, and the devil? For the answer, we look to our Lord this night, as St. John tells us, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. On a night that brings such demonic attacks and frightens our flesh, Here our Lord knew everything that was coming. And knowing that he loved us selflessly to the end, to the cross. In him there was no old Adam or giving into the flesh. There was no backing down from the enemies of darkness. Instead he stood there for us, staring the serpent in the eye as he felt the forked tongue in the betraying kiss. You see, Jesus didn't go to the tree like Judas, selfishly. But he went, loving his own to the end. But instead, loving us to the end. That's how he died. Our Lord would not be led into temptation. He would lead us instead out of temptation. As St. John tells us how, in verse 2, during the supper when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. See how Satan enters into and corrupts a man in order to lie and murder, and then see how our Lord, assuming the flesh of man into his divinity and becoming man in the incarnation, comes to serve, to make alive. Here our Lord laid aside his outer garments, just like he laid aside the power and glory of his divinity by becoming man, and tied a towel around his waist if you don't know this is the way a servant dresses and looks jesus became a servant here this night and in his incarnation and peter couldn't understand such humiliation he couldn't understand our lord debasing himself to look and act like a servant just like we can't fully comprehend how our lord debased himself To leave heaven and take our flesh to become one of us. But this is why our Lord came. To serve in truth. To give life. And serving, what does our Lord do? He washed the disciples just as he washed you. Not with plain water, but with water which bathes you in his blood, in his forgiveness. Which makes you clean At the font. And because of the frailty and weakness of our flesh, because it caves to the world, because it cannot withstand the devil, because of all that, our Lord in the flesh washes us. And is this baptism necessary? Well, look at the frailty and weakness of your flesh, and then hear our Lord answer If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And listen again to what our Lord tells Peter as he goes on. The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, meaning Judas. Baptized, you are clean. Baptized, now only your feet need be washed. That is to say, baptized and living the baptized life. We know we are still sinners, that in our flesh we are still frail. Being sinners, as we journey from the font to the altar, our feet get filthy with sin, so that our feet only need to be cleansed, but they still need to be cleansed. And see how, even in baptism. After our Lord cleansed us in baptism, he still takes on the form of the servant, cleansing us of our sins by washing our feet as we continue in this life. He cleanses our feet every time we hear his word preached, every time we go to confession and hear the forgiveness of absolution, every time that his word makes our day holy. There is Jesus washing our feet in the waters of our baptism, which he keeps us in. He washes our feet there just as he was washing the disciples' feet in this gospel. In our baptism, he keeps our feet clean. He continually washes them. Now, for those who reject the faith and the word, they leave. They're no longer clean. But for those whom Jesus continues to wash whom the Holy Spirit continues to work on in baptism, you are completely clean. That's God's judgment on you. And why does Christ do this? So that we can have our feet cleansed. And as they are cleansed, as we are, as we are forgiven continually throughout our lives, we may come together and partake of the supper he instituted this very night. For in this supper, we partake of his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. To the end that our faith is strengthened. To the end that the church from all times and all places come together as one in him, even as the world attacks us with all its armies. At the altar, we partake in a communion which the world can never break because it cannot overcome Christ, Look at how our Lord loved us to the end, going to the cross for us as the devil, the world, and our flesh threw everything that they had at him. And still, they couldn't stop him from loving us. They couldn't make him run away like the disciples. They couldn't make him deny himself like Peter. The devil couldn't get him to back down the world and all their powers, they killed him. But still, they couldn't stop him from loving us to the end. They couldn't stop him from dying for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Look at how the Lord serves us in this love to the end. He serves us so that we are washed by him in church, in baptism, where we are united to his flesh in baptism. He serves us so that he continues to wash our feet in these waters of baptism by confession, absolution, preaching. He doesn't stop cleansing you the day you're baptized. He does it throughout your entire life so that you will remain completely clean until the end, until the last day. Between now and the day of our death, between now and that last day, though, temptations will not be removed. They'll still be there. So that is why, cleansed, he serves us his very body to eat and very blood to drink, so that we may be strengthened together in him. As the world, the devil, our flesh attack us, here are the word and sacraments that he gives us. Because in the word and sacrament, he gives us All the things that the Father has given into his hands. Everything the Father gave him, he gives to us. He holds nothing back. All that is his is ours. Another way of saying that is that Christ has given us himself. He's given us the church. So our Lord ends our gospel saying, Do you not understand what I have done to you? You call me Teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should also do just as I have done to you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another." By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The devil will attack, but Christ has defeated him. The world attacks, but Christ has earned victory over it. Our flesh is weak, but his power is made perfect in weakness. Where we are weak, he is strong. Temptations will not go away but baptized into our Lord, made clean by Him, strengthened by His sacrament, we can overcome all temptation. We will never fall away because He has overcome it all. So that now, as the devil attacks, we look to our Lord on the cross. As the world attacks, we wash each other's feet. That is, we forgive each other in the forgiveness that Christ has won for us. As our flesh is weak, Here we come for our Lord to feed and strengthen us, as we love one another at the rail, as he loves us. So the next time you're at church, for our members, partake in the sacrament which this night our Lord has instituted. For it is here, at the altar, where our Father answers our prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. O God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that we turn from our evil way and live. We come before you, although we have sinned and deserve only your wrath. Yet we flee to your mercy in Christ Jesus our Lord, who gave his body and his blood for our redemption. Lord, grant that we may ever thus believe and never waver. Grant that in such faith, we may worthily come to your altar to eat the very body and drink the true blood which your Son has given for our redemption. In thanksgiving, we remember and proclaim the sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we place our trust. Until His return, graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me, and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope, when I was upon my mother's breasts. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths, as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them, and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye, the seed of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all ye, the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's And he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born that he hath done this.